Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. So this is the first time I've uh, ever been to the old Oakland Army base. One of the busiest places in the Bay Area has got to be West Oakland. All these freeways converge, people are getting on and off the Bay Bridge, and it's home to one of the largest maritime ports in the country. And inside, I can see through the fence, there's semi-trucks, there's trailers, there's ships and trains, and eventually, there could be coal rolling through one of the most progressive cities in the country. Courtesy of a developer named Phil Tagami. Today, we'll tell you about a case over coal that awaits a judge's decision soon. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. Sitting in in the East Bay Express offices, you can almost hear the trains coming through. I met up with Darwin Bond Graham, who's a staff writer at the East Bay Express. These are some old windows. His offices are just south of downtown Oakland. The old army base is this massive piece of real estate. The city was kind of desperate to do something with it. The Oakland army base was shut down nearly 20 years ago. That's right, its redevelopment plan is now one step closer to reality. The underlying promise is hundreds if not thousands of jobs in the long term. This project will provide thousands of good paying blue collar jobs. And and just a really significant economic boost for Oakland. 50% of these jobs must go to Oakland residents and I've been meeting with everybody. This was a major win for the city, the idea of building these massive warehouses. Goods would be transported immediately where they would be offloaded onto trucks and trains and they would go all over North America. Let's keep our minds set on the work ahead and the possibility of fulfilling uh, the promise of phase two. And uh, if we all stay at our task, we'll realize it in this lifetime. Thank you. Who is Phil Tagami? Phil Tagami is um, a close friend of the governor. It's your friends that take care of you. And you got a friend in Sacramento. That's all I got to say. He got launched as a developer, really working with the city to rehabilitate things like the Fox Theater. You know, if there's a really a way to describe him, he's like Mr. Oakland. Phil Tagami, who knows Phil Tagami in here? <laughs> he's a businessman, but he's also a booster for the city. He's wanted to see the city grow and flourish, and he partnered with Jerry Brown and the city councils and other politicians here to make that happen. Mr. Oakland, huh? Yeah, totally. Yeah, so after the development agreement was signed in 2013, Tagami made a number of statements that coal would never be part of this maritime terminal. Then in 2015, this newspaper in Utah, the Richfield Reaper, broke a story that said that four Utah counties were going to invest 
tens of millions of dollars in this terminal. Utah coal companies say they could sell coal abroad, but West Coast ports won't ship the coal. Now Utah officials say they will buy part of a port in Oakland, California, and they will get Utah coal through West Coast opposition. That's how we found out about it. And then it, and then it just blew up, right? Yeah. You know, virtually every politician in Oakland strongly opposed to shipping coal through the city. It's not what California stands for. It's not what Oakland stands for. Mayor Libby Schaff, in an email to Phil Tagami uh, that was widely quoted in the press, conveyed a sense of outrage that there was sort of this reversal that the project was suddenly going to be a coal terminal. I can't speak for the state of Utah, but I am troubled that any deal like this is moving forward with public money. So I know after this came out, there were some protests and the city council got involved. In fact, I think they did a, a study on what coal could potentially do to West Oakland, to Oakland in general. Do you know what the study found? Yeah, there were several studies. One study said, if you bring in coal on trains uh, in the millions of tons per year, to this facility on the waterfront that the dust, the coal dust that will blow off those trains into the surrounding neighborhoods will increase the particulate matter in the air uh, by noticeable amounts. But they couldn't say absolutely this, this many, you know, th this amount per year of particulate matter will be in the air and it will harm people. A spirited rally at Oakland City Hall ahead of a special meeting tonight. Four hours of listening to presentations, speakers, and members of the public. The City Council voted unanimously to ban the storage, handling, and loading of coal in the city of Oakland. Not everyone was against uh, banning coal or against Tagami. Vote for what the damn people need. There were a lot of people from West Oakland, a lot of black residents who supported this project, who said that they need the jobs that this would bring, even if it meant bringing coal to Oakland. So after the city council unanimously voted to ban coal moving through the city, what did Phil Tagami do? He was quiet for a little while, and then he filed a lawsuit saying that the city breached its contract with his company. Tagami is suing the city now, arguing that the ban interferes with interstate commerce and with federal authority over the transportation of hazardous substances. The contract says that the city can implement health and safety laws uh, that might limit what the developer can do, but the city can only do that for health and safety reasons if they have substantial evidence. And that goes back to that study that was not as uh, definitive as it sounds like the city wished it was. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any sense on how Phil Tagami feels about all this, having gone from this guy who's done a lot of revitalization, brought a lot of jobs to Oakland, to all of a sudden being seen as this kind of bad guy in a way. He hasn't spoken a lot in, to the media about this, but from what his lawyers have said in their briefings, um, they feel like they always had the right to develop this and that this was not something they foisted on the city as a surprise. One thing that trips me up a little bit is um, uh, Phil Tagami likes to go scuba diving. And he's posted pictures of himself scuba diving in different parts of the world. And I scuba diving. <laughs> yeah, if you I just it's I, I just sort of wonder what his perspective might be on climate change and the science behind that. You know, and here's this guy who loves to go scuba diving and um, and loves his city, uh, and now the environmental camp and a lot of people in the city 
feel betrayed by him. So we get to this point where the case is before a judge in mid-January, and there were all these activists in the morning of that hearing outside the court protesting. They had these red shirts on. They said, no coal in Oakland. They had all these signs. What, what happened at the hearing? What did the judge want to know? It's really interesting. The judge in the case, Vince, Vince Chabria, I think I'm saying his last name right, he seemed really uh, grumpy with both sides and highly skeptical of their arguments. The judge said, I don't want to decide on those big, heavy constitutional issues about states' powers and what states or cities can and can't do versus what the federal government you know, does. I want to just try to decide this on, did the city violate its contract first and foremost? It's hard to say what the judge is going to do here. It's, it's, a, it's a real mystery. The judge's ruling could come at any moment, but this case is not going away because either side could still appeal. And they likely will. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay. A couple of weeks ago, I was at this live podcast taping in San Francisco. It was a 90s pajama party with cameos and sleepover games. So I have a few questions for you, Cher. Yeah, yeah. And I need to know who you want to shag, kill, marry. Okay. To find out what Cher really thinks, you got to listen to the latest episode of The Cooler. It's a KQED podcast all about arts and culture and pretty much anything else. You can subscribe to The Cooler wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.